Thanks for tuning in to Chatterbox Bearcats. Whenever news breaks, we have you covered in an entertaining and informational fashion. Chuck Walter and Houdini with you. We also break down Bearcats games the morning after every single Bearcat game this season. It doesn't matter if it's Detroit Mercy or the Texas Longhorns, stinky teams or juggernauts. We are there for you the day after every single game. If you love the podcast, be sure to leave it five stars and a review. And of course, after every single game, live YouTube shows on the Chatterbox Sports YouTube page. There's a chat there. If you're a Xavier fan that's for some reason listening to this podcast, hop in. We'll argue with you all day. I may even throw some hands through the screen. With that being said, on today's show, Cincinnati has another crystal ball from a four-star. The number one player in the state of Kentucky looks like he could potentially be coming to Cincinnati, making his decision on Sunday. Should the Bearcats play small this season? Because the bigs don't look good. And if they do play big, Odie or Vic? Who should be the starting five this season and an update around the big 12. What's going on, everyone? Chuck Walter and Houdini with you. The Cincinnati Bearcats are one and zero after a 69 58 win over Illinois, Chicago in the first game of the season at fifth third arena, or as the real Bearcats fans call it, the shoe day day. Thomas led the way with 15 points. He looked great. Dan skillings had a big second half wound up with 13 points and seven rebounds. Cincinnati went just five of 25 from deep. That could be a struggle this year. And then the post play, the front court, it was not good. La basura again from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's start it off though. Houdini with Travis Perry. He was crystal balled to Cincinnati, a top 75 player, a four-star recruit, the number one player in the state of Kentucky had an offer from Ole Miss and Chris Beard had an offer from John Calipari and UK. Perry makes his decision on Sunday. And based off what we've seen, because I love the crystal balls, they've never failed me at this point, at least this close, because I'm pretty sure Flory Badunga was definitely crystal ball to Cincinnati at one point. Didn't even have him. He was top five, but Travis Perry, man, if he comes to Cincinnati, that's another point guard for Wes Miller. Your thoughts? Well, first off, I got a problem with the crystal balls. I know you said that you don't. Um, I hate the fact that they can switch the crystal balls. So this guy could theoretically throw a crystal ball today and then 10 minutes before the damn announcement, flip it because he found out his, you know, his uncle told him, blah, 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 whatever. The, no, you know what he guy's could do, Danny. You know what he could do is he could see that there's no dancing bearcat, or that was a John Brandon thing. He could see that there's no, you know, bearcat nodding its head gif about five minutes beforehand and say the bearcats are usually more on top of it than this. He's not coming to UC. We're oh, panic. We're gonna flip yeah. the Ole Miss. So yeah, you're 100 right. Go ahead. They need to stick to their guns. Is my point. You can't be flipping and flopping left and right. Yeah, you told me freaking Badungo is going to come here, and the guy was like, "I never considered UC in any capacity." <laughs> oh, great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're usually right though with something this close where there's smoke, there's fire. So I assume that he'll be committing. And um, Wes Miller has been, you know, he's been on fire as far as recruits uh, are concerned. So I love this. He looks, he reminds me of um, just literally looking at, you know, the, the, the white cliche stuff. This is a, a shorter point guard from Kentucky. Kind of reminded me of Gabe Cup, um, who just committed to Indiana, actually, who I wanted really bad. Um, so this kid, top 75, we're not going to ever deny that. We got McKinley from Walnut Hills, and this kid joining that class, I, I would love it. So, I mean, you, you tell me. You're, you're the inside guy. 
is this guy a lock or should we be worried? Well, you forgot about Tyler Betsy, the top player in the class. Betsy, baby. Let's start off with that. Who the hell is me? Who the hell is this cup guy? Do you do you scout high school players? Are you working for two four seven that I don't know about? Absolutely. Did he? Uh, well, no, the only reason is as we, you know, if you saw the live chat uh, or the live YouTube we did for the uh, the UIC game, um, I'm an elder basketball grad. OK, played at the highest level, some would say. And Gabe Cups played uh, elder in the what the last couple years in the state, um, not the state championship, but like the final four elite eight. He was over at what Centerville and he was he would average like twenty five thirty. Um, at least in those games that I saw. And he looked like he was, you know, shockingly better than even some of the elder guards, which blew my mind. But he was getting recruited left and right. He was on some of the, you know, the the 90 different, you know, uh, junior games that they show on ESPN, not the McDonald's All-American. But he played in a ton of those with Rayvon Griffith, good buddy of his. Maybe we can find out why he's not playing. Um, but, yeah, that's the story there. He's an athletic stud. And this kid kind of reminded me of him just based on the, 14 seconds of highlights that I saw on YouTube. Maybe just a Josh Reed situation. You remember Reed? I don't think he played in his first game last year until Maui. Took him three or four games. So I would imagine that Rayvon Griffith at some point this year, especially if they're only running nine guys out there, is going to get minutes and he's not going to redshirt because his skill set, he can run the floor, he could finish in transition, and he was a career 38 to 40% three-point shooter in college. Or in, in uh Taft, excuse me. I'm pretty sure the Bearcats could use a 38% sharpshooter to just run down the floor, knock down a couple of threes, and have him in the arsenal. Yeah, I, I think so. So that's where we stand with that. Uh, Travis Perry, not necessarily a, a blue chip. Um, you know, hovering around 70 to 80 in the country in just about every publication, but he is the number one player in the state of Kentucky. Man, I mean, Wes is landing four stars. It's much better than the days of Prince Toyambi and Laquille Hardnett that was um, the, the status quo under Mick Cronin for, for quite some time. But I still want to get one of those those blue chips, man. It, we thought we had it with Jermaine Lawrence a long time ago. Another shameless plug. Jermaine Lawrence is getting more shouts on this podcast than John Newman. But, you know, whether it was Scotty Hobson or Chris Obekba or um, going way back, Kimball Walker or Isaiah Collier, I, Isaiah Collier, who just lit it up with USC the other night for 18 points since he never lands that big guy. But, hey, we'll take Travis Perry. He's a point guard, um, six foot two and a top 75 player in the class of 2024, but another point guard, man, it's time for some bigs. I mean, Wes Miller has no issues with the guards. I love what he's doing right now, the way that he's structuring the backcourt, but the front court, he has not proved to me that he can recruit that position. At least guys that are eligible. I mean, Kalu is zip gay. Talk about a swing and a miss. I mean, that was an Aristides Aquino swing in the dirt and a miss at a curveball. He didn't help whatsoever. Well, Tyler McKinley, six, nine, Right, oh, they got a six nine, six eight, two twenty. Um, that's a pretty big guy. I don't know who you've been hanging around with, but I like to think that's a pretty <laughs> sizable guy in the paint. So I'll take that all day. That that's like a Yancey type build, a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, it, it, the thing is, he, I'm sure he's going for a lot of these players, right? And for whatever reason, he maybe because he is like you know five eleven, that he's resonating with the guards a little bit better. Um, because we do need to bulk up the roster. I mean, he got Aziz. 
and he got Jamil Reynolds, it, it's going to come down to the waivers thing. I know we've said this like 40,000 times, but um, I'm still very intrigued. But Wes's postgame pressers got me a little nervous because it seems like he's kind of desperate to get – like he's like, desperate. it's sickening what they're doing to these kids. Like they, they deserve to be playing. And it's like he sounds a little nervous. Like it sounds like he's not nearly as confident as he was earlier. Um, but I, I have faith that, you know, if we have a swing and a miss this year as far as these these waivers, um, hopefully I can see Aziz just declaring for the NBA draft anyway, which would for suck. Sure. Um, but I, I still have confidence that Wes is going to – he's going to realize the writing on the wall and we're going to get some legit bigs in next year, and that will be first and foremost what he does. And he won't allow it to be a two-time transfer again because he'll learn his lesson there. So I think we'll figure it out, but it's a little frustrating right now. I mean, I'm just baffled that every single human being who cheers on the Cincinnati Bearcats said in the offseason, you take Mike Adams Woods scholarship, you take Jeremiah Davenport scholarship, you take Rob Fennessy, you go with as many bigs as possible. Guard play is not the issue right now. This team has plenty of guards. They can like, I mean, they have so many guards. Rayvon Griffith didn't even see the floor. They have so many guards that Dan Skilling's probably your team's best player was coming off the bench. There is no issue right now with the guard play. They need some bigs. And the fact that we're going into the season with Victor and Odie, after we saw what they've done in the AAC the last couple of years, they really didn't stack up against the upper echelon teams in the AAC. And now we're running it back for year three. I said it the other day and I'll say it again. It's malpractice. And look, West thought these guys were going to be eligible. The two-time transfer rule has just been so vague the last couple of years. Quite frankly, I mean, f the NCAA. F them. Pieces of uh, and, and yes, them. I am. You know, f them. F every single one of them. Mark Emmert, that loser, f that guy. He, he retired the last couple of years. He's probably, you know, sitting in his beach house right now, laughing as Wes is flailing his arms trying to figure it out. F the NCAA. They have no idea what they're doing. I'll tell you what, though. Cincinnati... I guess the state of Ohio as a whole, they received a miracle a couple days ago, a miracle in legal marijuana. Pot smoke is heading to the Buckeye state. That's a miracle. And right now, in order for the Cincinnati Bearcats to really be an NCAA tournament team, in my opinion, they need a miracle. Maybe that miracle is Dave Yost coming down from the heavens, the attorney general saying, you will let these kids play or I will show you my wrath. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. But again, I'll say it one more time. The NCAA, it makes absolutely no sense. I agree. I agree. It's uh, to Wes's point. He's not wrong. You're just hurting the kids. They're at UC. They're going to be there. You didn't make it clear what the guidelines were. And now they're screwed. And they got to sit out a whole damn season. I mean, like, imagine being 20, whatever, one in the peak of your athletic career. And they're like, yeah, buddy, we're just going to have you sit out, sit on the sidelines and watch Victor Locke and miss, you know, three foot jumpers. I, that would make that would be infuriating for me. It's infuriating for me watching it. And I'm 30 years old. So hopefully, hopefully they can figure it out. But I don't want to trash on Odie and Vic too much. I think they're just being asked to do too much. I don't think they're terrible players. Um, no. I like the energy. No. They both have their moments. They have their moments. Is it going to be a big enough moment for, you know, when we're playing Kansas, Baylor, Texas, Texas, all those teams? I don't think so. Makes me nervous, but um, I know you had mentioned we didn't even touch on it. Should we play small was, you know, what we're as far as kind of the rundown we were putting together. 
I say absolutely. Um, kind of like a Baylor-esque. You know, we don't have the shooting yet. That's the issue. We, we, we need the shooting to go along with playing small. Otherwise, you're just playing small for no damn reason. So you need to have some outside shooters. That's where Ravon might be able to, to get into this rotation because if we need knockdown shooters, I'm not sure there's that many guys better at the three ball than him. Um, but, yeah, I think your best bet is to play small, play Odie or Vic at the five, and then spread out the floor because we could get to the rim. There's no doubt about it with Day-Day, Skillings, um, you know, Frederick just running around, making the defense chase him. I think we can spread the floor and get to the rim. It's a matter of, are we getting, can we hit more than five threes a game? Cause that was pretty ugly, but it's one game. So that, I mean, those are my thoughts as a uh, coach Houdini. Coach Houdini. And maybe someday you will be the JV basketball coach for elder. I think you're already trending that way. You know? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're trending that way. You, you seem like a guy that would, if someone on the other team averaged like 12 points at Moeller, you'd be running the box in one. We got it. We got a box in one. This guy he averages 12.2. Although that's superstar status at Moeller. That's more than McBride and Jackson Hayes averaged. But um, yeah, no disrespect to, to Odio Guama and Victor Locken. I, I thought Victor Locken, against Xavier last year was the best player on the floor. He took over. He shows moments of being someone that can, I don't know, NBA, but can play at the next level, you know, overseas and be a pretty good player. And then Odio Guama was the most improved player last year. And he had moments where he was fantastic, but let's call a spade a spade in game. Number one, when Illinois, Chicago, who, you know, maybe they are a top 25 team in the country. I have no idea, but I would imagine no. not. When they would when they would penetrate to the rim, no. it was it was way too easy, man. I mean, they were getting easy bucket after easy bucket, and there was no rim protection. I think John Newman may have had the Bearcats only block. He got up and uh, rejected one, but that's not Bearcat basketball. There's always a Gary Clark back there. There's a Justin Jackson. There's an Octavius Ellis. I mean, go back through every single Mick Cronin and Bob Huggins team. There was that rim protector at the back and. You know, aside from maybe Tari Eason, who didn't get as much playing time, and it was during a weird COVID year, since Rob John Banks Brandon here, took yeah. over, yeah, since since John Brandon took over, there hasn't been that rim protector, and it would be Aziz Bandego if he's eligible. But going back to playing small, call me crazy. And, you know, the, the Cincinnati, the Ohio marijuana has not passed yet, so after I tell you this, you can't use the excuse of, yes, they have the legal pot smoke. You cannot say that because it's not legal. I think, call me crazy. I think a lineup with Day Day Thomas, Jizzle James, Dan Skillings at the one, the two, and the three, um, or I guess the one, the two, and the four with Skillings at the four, and then Oguama at the five because he runs the floor better than Lockin, and then throw in whether it's Seamus Lukosius or John Newman at the three, I think that could work. I think your style would be much different, and you're probably playing more of a rock fight, grind it out, defensive style. You're going to get some buckets in transition. But based on what I saw from Jizzle James, usually the issue with freshmen is they're just not physical enough to play. I, I feel like at that position, even if you slide him over the two and ask him to guard the other team's two, he's got the, the running back 
the Hall of Fame pedigree. I think he can guard big-time basketball players at this level. And him and Day-Day running down the floor, especially if you had Frederick in that lineup as well, um, with the ability to run the floor and transition and find tr Frederick for open threes, you got to do something creative if you don't have that traditional big. Because the lineup that we saw, the starting five with Oguama and Victor Locken and uh, John Newman in there, that half-court offense is going to be atrocious all season long. And then if someone gets beat off the dribble, if Lukosius is in there, or if it's CJ Frederick, they're not outstanding defenders and they're not going to stay in front of the, the offensive player all that often. And then where's your rim protection? So I think this team, like Mick Cronin had to do in 2011 with that four-guard lineup where they, they inserted Jaquan Parker and took out Czech Mooge and, and went small, I think they need to do something like that. And... and utilize the fact that their guards are their best players and they have athletes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about uh jizzle and day day in the starting lineup because just who the hell is playing backup. Just who's playing backup just, point. Just guard? say it. Just say it. Who's playing uh, uh, backup You're point guard. Seamus Lukosius can play backup point guard. Believe it or not. He can be a, a floor general like that. Jihad Muhammad team back in the day where Armin Kirkland was running point guard. CMOS is our Armin Kirkland. But yeah, I mean, CMOS. it may not work. I get yeah, whatever. It. Just... It, it doesn't matter. I, I see the point. I see the point. That's fine. I like playing small. It Jizzle starts if he doesn't. Um, you definitely weren't wrong. Jizzle, it, the physicality is not a problem. He looks like he can squat like a fucking semi truck right now already. And he's like <laughs> 18. So I, I'm not concerned about that at all. He really does look like a running back half the time out there. He just needs to clean it up a little bit. He's just a little, you know, a little out of control, a little excited, which totally understandable. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think if we have any chance of beating, you know, top tier caliber teams, which we're going to play, luckily, luckily, Chuck, Detroit Mercy lost to, I think, Toledo by about 30. Um, so I, I'd like to say this should be a pretty good matchup for some of these young guys to get a little rhythm under their belt and maybe, you know, we knock down some open shots, you know, start feeling a little bit better. Um, so this might be a good opportunity for everybody. Maybe they'll even throw jizzle in the starting lineup and we'll do your little experiment. Who knows? I'd love to see it, man. I'd love to see it. And I think. Believe it or not, I think Jizzle James is going to surprise people with his shooting, his mid-range ability. Man. and I think the Jizz man, yeah, I think Jizz man can be spraying about 35% from deep this season. I think he had a little bit of touch. He had one pop out. Day-Day uh, Thomas, I don't know how that jumper is going to go down with uh, a few of the ones that he was throwing up there. And then Dan Skillings, I, I mentioned it after the, uh, the post-game show. I don't think Dan Skillings is going to be a sharpshooter. At any point in his career. Running through the Big 12 real quick. I don't want to run through all these scores because just about every Big 12 team whacks their opponent. West Virginia won. Kansas won. Houston almost tripled up Louisiana Monroe. Texas won big. Oklahoma won big. Granted, all these opponents are stinky. UCF won. Iowa State almost doubled up Green Bay. Get this. Abilene Christian, who made the tournament a couple of years ago, took down Oklahoma State. So the Cowboys could be one of the worst teams in this league. Uh, they've been hit or miss throughout the last few years. Aside from Cade Cunningham, they really haven't been good since the Joey Graham and John Lucas era. So we'll see if Oklahoma State's any good. But they lost. BYU won. TCU beat Southern. Cincinnati won, of course. And then the other Big 12 team that lost, Kansas State, 
fell to USC. Isaiah Collier had 18 in that game. USC beat Kansas State 82-69. Friday, we want you with us. I don't care if you're out at the bar boozing, getting absolutely obliterated. There's nothing wrong with joining the chat room a little bit intoxicated and jawing with some other Bearcats fans. So wherever you may be, hop on the post-game show. It'll start directly after the game. Are you joining me on, on Friday, Houdini? Or are you taking the day off and is Elliot coming in? What, what's the deal with that? I know you're not really a, a Friday uh, post-game show, work-for-free kind of guy, but you do love the Bearcats. No, Chuck, I am, especially since this is the second show, okay, and I was lagging about 10-minute delay on the last video. And just by the way, if you're listening, hopefully we get that fixed because that was um, – it's very hard to try to articulate a sentence when you're staring at yourself on the screen and it's showing what you did legitimately 10 minutes ago. So it's very um, – it's kind of a mind fuck. But either way, I should be there Friday night. I might actually be doing it live from freaking northern Indiana. I don't even know what city technically it's going to be, but that might be where it's at. But, um, yeah, I plan on joining, getting the chat. I, I have a feeling the chat's going to be kind of electric based on the Monday opener. The game ended at, like, 11. There was a, there was some intense banter going on. There was a lot of people throwing shit in there. I thought we were going to have, like, one or two comments. No, the, the chatterheads are, are real. They're the real deal, man. The, the the nut cutters as they call them they're real a eh? first of all we we got fans in there that were ohio state buckeye fans just joining the show because they support chatterbox i mean i respect that man that's how uh, a company like john boy or barstool or whatever it may be the the reason that they got big is because people like the personalities on there and gravitated to them and it didn't matter what they were talking about like for example today even if you don't like the bearcats you like houdini talking about jizzle james squatting a semi truck and, and you you know, us talking about Dave Yost. Yost. So whatever it may be, we're here to break down the Bearcats. And we have that right after the game on Friday against Detroit Mercy. And if you haven't taken a look at the Bearcats schedule, let's just say it's a good thing that the out-of-conference schedule is the way it is because they're in the Big 12 for the first time. The OOC is a joke. They have Xavier. They have Northern Kentucky. They have a road game at Howard. The fact that we're throwing at Howard in there is a tough game. Tells you all you need to know. Uh, Georgia Tech, who has been pretty trash for a long time now, aside from a random AAC title, ACC title run, rather, a few years back. And then there's Dayton at U.S. Bank Arena. And that really is it. Um, throw in Florida Gulf Coast and Eastern Washington and Stetson, the Hatters, and Merrimack and Evansville. It's it's stinky. So anyways, Chatterbox Bearcats, if you like the show, leave it five stars. We will see you on Friday. And remember, audio podcasts every single day after the Bearcats games.